Well, that sounds really, you know, weird, and I don't, I don't know how I would do that. And listen, a, a child does it every day. They do. They, they, you could go in and tell the child something, and they're going to believe you to the nth degree. And if you're not careful, you'll tell them the wrong things, and they'll believe the wrong things, and then they can't sleep at night because they're afraid, right? Yeah. There might as well be, you know, the devil himself in that room when that child tries to go to sleep at night. And there's no convincing them that he's not there. So what I really want to do is I really want to help you guys understand this, this incredible power that resides on the inside of you, and I want you to really start to try to, to activate it. Like, just, just try. Look for an opportunity where you can start to say, okay, here's a need I came across today, you know? I've got the power of Jesus on the inside of me, and if they can change something like that in a the laboratory, then I must have the ability to do the same. Because it was the person that influenced the, the circuit board, not the circuit board that was inter- influencing the person. And so there's this supernatural power that is unique to human beings that when we connect that to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and through Jesus, I'm telling you, you have the opportunity to change the dynamics of your life. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. I just want, you, you guys have probably heard this, but when we talk about, you know, Pastor Barb or other pastors or leaders in the church, you know, when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's very specific gifts that come along with this. And I want you to be aware of what they are. And again, what these gifts are, are not weird. It's, it, it should not cause weirdness. No, when the gifts of God begin to activate, it literally changes things into a better state. Pastor Barr was talking about favor this morning, right? So the, the, the Spirit of God wants to work through you. So let's find out what these gifts are. And it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Anybody want to help each other? Praise the Lord. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or or the, the the this incredible wisdom how many people know god is all wise he knows everything he knows it all well what i want you to do is start to connect the gift of god that you can operate in with the idea that you are the temple of the holy spirit that he lives there and he wants to translate this information into your life so that you can act and help. It gives a message of special knowledge. How many people would like to know stuff that you don't know? And how to handle things, you know, so that you're not always trying, you know, being double-minded and not knowing exactly what to do. But he wants to give you special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith. Another and some one else, one spirit gives the gift of healing. Now, if, if, you're, if you're sick, how many people want to be healed? I, I want to be healed. And, and what you've got to really start to realize is, is that the gift is there. It's there. And, and the gift of faith is there. It, it's, it's omnipresent. It's not going to be here and then gone the next. But you do have to develop your awareness around these things and begin to bring them to the forefront of your mind so you're not just making all your decisions based on the negative experience that you're living in. You can transform that entire experience through the gifts that I'm reading to you right now. And it says he gives the other person power to perform 
Miracles. Now, miracles could be like, uh, you know, somebody's eye grows back or, you know, somebody's dead and they come back to life or these are, these are real like dynamic things that can happen. And some of you need miracles in this room. God can perform a miracle. God can take you from, uh, your, your, let's say that you're believing God for a, a new house. Anybody would like a new house? Just raise your hand. Just get in connection with that, right? And so, like, you could go out and do all the house stuff, which you should do because it's an act of your faith. Go to the open houses, talk to a real estate agent, you know, go to the bank and get pre-qualified or have them tell you you're not pre-qualified, but don't, don't walk away with a no qualification. You say, well, what do I have to do to become qualified? You see? And then you start to put your faith in action towards these things. I assure you, in a very short amount of time, you will own a house if that's what you want to do. But there's also this miraculous opportunity that can happen, that can, that can almost like, well, not almost, but it will begin to fast forward the result very quickly. And you'll be like all of a sudden in the right place at the right time with the right people, and then it's like, well, what, what now? Oh, yeah, no, I want to sell you my house. Why do you want to sell it to me? I don't know. I just want to sell you my house. And I want to give you a really good deal because I got to move to, you know, Timbuktu. You see, you know, this happens every day, guys. It, it's, it's happening every day. So I would just have you develop these desires for yourself and begin to perform them based on how you feel about them and how you think about them. There's so much negativity towards getting the house that the chances of you getting one are probably less than zero. You're in the hole. You're, you're not in the hole financially. I'm not talking about that. You're in the hole uh, in, in the, the internal equity of who you are and where you're operating from. So you can begin to stir up or awaken the supernatural in your life. And it says you can have the power of form miracles. Another, the ability to prophesy. Well, I don't know if I wanted that one. You know, Pastor Barb's the best at that. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I want that one. No, you do. You can prophesy over your family. You can prophesy over your business. You can prophesy over your own life. You, I mean, like, it doesn't, if it, if it has to be weird, then don't do that. Just prophesy. Speak forth life over your situation. That's a prophecy says he gives someone else the ability to discern. So the ability to discern is the ability to know right from wrong, right? I got one amen from the lead pastor, and that was it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> pastor Barb, I'm, I'm so happy that you, you operate in, the, you know, in discernment. But this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. This is where you can d- define what's, you know, was, uh, some good idea versus this is God. This is God. And I don't care what you say about it. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to choose that thing because God said not to. And I tell you, you'll circumvent so many problems in your life and, and all of that. So you have this incredible gift of discernment, whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from something else, right? Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, Oh, that sounds weird. I saw that one movie that time, and that guy did that. And, he, you know, get out of the weirdness of it. Just get out of that. Here, here's one thing I will tell you, just based on science, right? Is that the, the greatest part of your brain is the limbic part of your brain. It knows no language. It doesn't know a single word. 
it only knows what it knows. It, 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 it operates outside the boundaries of explanation. And when you can start to understand that, there, at some point, science has to meet what's really happened inside of a human being through the course of, of being created by the, the creator. And we're getting there. The more that science is finding, the more we're beginning to understand you're not just a, a body of parts, you know, that somehow just does what it does. You know, a liver and a heart and, and a pancreas and bones and, you know, all this stuff. You're way more than that. And there's way more happening inside of you. But again, when you have so much of your focus on what's out there, you'll lose the focus of what's happening inside of yourself. Still another person, the ability to speak in unknown languages. Another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. And you can not only speak in tongues, but you can also get your own interpretation. Or someone else could do that in a public area. You would have somebody that would actually come forth with um, the interpretation of tongues. And so it is the one and only spirit. How many? One and only who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so you are having this incredible experience with the living God that's literally like I could almost see a dealer at a, at a table playing cards. And he's saying, here's the card you get. Here's the card you get. Here's the card you get. And he's going right around that table. And all of a sudden you pick up your hand of cards and you're holding, you know, a full house. Praise the Lord. You got a stack of chips this tall. Right? And you, you kind of just go pass on the first one. Praise the Lord, I ain't got nothing here. I'll just sit here. And then somebody gets real bold because they think they got a couple. I'm just saying, let God deal these cards to you. Don't worry about which one you're going to do or which one. It's just like, God, you know what? There's nine distinct gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to operate in all of them. I'm going to develop a heightened awareness around my life for these things. I don't want it to be weird. I want it to be natural. But I want that natural to become supernatural as I begin to operate by faith in these gifts. Amen? Luke 17, 20 through 21, it says, And when he demanded of the Pharisees, uh, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall we say, Lo, here or there. For behold, where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is in you. It's in you. Where? It's in you. It is, the, it is the thing that makes your heart keep beating, your breath keep breathing, your blood keep moving through your body. These miracle things happening, 50 trillion cells, or I'm sorry, 50 billion cells will be recreated in your body today. That's going to happen. And so... How is that happening? Is it based on what I know or based on what he knows? It's happening based on what he knows. And if that's activated inside of me just to have a natural experience in my body, how much more is there? I, I'm writing a book, Pastor Barb. Well, no, it's, I got like 150 pages done. And I'm writing, and all of a sudden this, this incredible idea comes in my head. 
because I'm writing, well, I don't want to go into what I'm writing about. But this thought comes into my head that I will never outgrow my own state of being. Whatever you're being in your life, whatever it is, you'll never outgrow it. You'll only develop awareness to what I'm being and how that's manifesting into my world, right? Because that creates my habits and my thoughts and my feelings and, you know, all this stuff is what I'm being. And then that gets puked out onto my world. And then it produces this, I don't know, needless suffering in my life. And so then I see the needless suffering and then I react to it rather than understanding that what I'm being, right, is manifesting into my own reality. Nobody's experiencing what I'm experiencing. No one. And so when you can begin to understand that, that you'll never outgrow your state of being, all that means is, is you can become aware of what you're being that's kind of not what it should be, and you can actually start to change or transform yourself inside, and all of a sudden I'm no longer being this, I'm being this, and it's producing a different outcome in my life. And you, you, you start to examine that and you start to go, wow, you know, like, what if I was going to be this? And it's not like you can just be this for five minutes and then say, well, I, I was that for that five minutes. No, it's what you're continually being under the surface, developing the awareness of what that is and continuing to allow yourself to develop your state of being, which is where the true equity of your life is going to come from. Okay. So I've got a couple things here on prayer. Prayer is active in the moment it happens. In the moment you pray, I'm telling you, it is already active. Prayer includes belief. It includes faith, hope. It includes your imagination and trust in a finished outcome. As if it's already done. You should experience the fulfillment of what you're praying for in the moment you're praying for it. Because it's going to happen in here before it happens out there. Prayer is, a super, is supernatural and creates everything natural. This podium right here started as a little synapse in someone's head. A little, like, boom, there it was. And that synapse could have just come and gone and we never would have made this thing. But for some reason, somebody thought, well, wow, that's a great idea. And then I wonder if I made a drawing of it and then like what it could look like. And then I could present that to somebody and then maybe we could, you know, get, get some metal. And the, you see what I'm saying? Like this didn't just happen. This happened specifically because someone thought about it and it actually became. All things were created by God, not in a hammer and nail way, but in a supernatural way. Supernatural. And this supernatural understanding that he has that we struggle with, at least I do, like how do, like God, is that you? You know, (laughs) and and all that. He gets it all. Like, Like he's over all of that. And what's holding the universes together and what's, you know, causing the cosmos they're discovering to continue to expand. Like the creation that he created is still growing. Still growing. Who knows why there's all these planets? Maybe it's because we're going to have so many people, we'll have to occupy them all. Praise, I'm telling you. Why does, why does this thing keep growing and get bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, it's probably because, you know, over about 
50 bazillion years from now, we're in heaven with God, it's still not over. It's going to keep going and going and going and going. And so I, I hope I'm waking up the supernatural that's already in you. You're created from a supernatural God. You, the supernatural God lives inside of you, and he wants to activate your faith through prayer. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, it says, Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Don't just let it lay there dormant, but stir it up. Stir it up every single day. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given you tremendous power and love, and he's given you a sound mind. Now, you've got to understand, if you don't have a sound mind, I'm just saying, your, your, your focus is so external that you've lost focus of the power that's on the inside of you, I'm just here to tell you that that you're not going to qualify for the power that it's talking about here. Because you're living through this natural experience of, you know, I got to get up, I got to go to work, I got to punch the clock, I got to do the stuff, and then I got to go home, and then I got to do the laundry, and then after the laundry, I'm going to watch, you know, some Netflix, and then I'm going to go to bed. Sound familiar to anyone? Praise the Lord. Throughout that entire time, you should be doing everything is under the Lord. Renew a right spirit in yourself. Renew that thing. And don't allow yourself to lose this sound mind where you have the gifts of the spirit that I read about earlier activated. They're already there. I've got them on the forefront of my mind. Yes, I'm going to get all of these things done. But as I do them, I'm going to do them from a different place of being. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from where? Him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and the D word. Deception. Deception from what? Deception from what and who you truly are in Christ. You've got to cast that off of yourself. I don't care if it happened two seconds ago. Cast that off of yourself and begin to understand who you are in Jesus Christ. Don't be deceived. It's the only weapon that the enemy has. If he can deceive you into thinking you're something that you're not, or he can deceive you into thinking that God is not who he is, then now you're, you're, you're lost as a, as a goose in a snowstorm. You have no hope of finding the direction that God would want you to go. So it's critical that you continue to go back to that other scripture, maintaining that sound mind, and making sure that you're not being deceived. Now, how would I know I was being deceived? Because of the fruit of my life. It's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I just don't get it. I don't get it yet. I've not taken the time to really develop myself in the gifts of the Spirit to really have that level of experience of the trial and error. I know in my own life, I failed more times trying to get God to do something than I have in which he's done something for me. 
But I can tell you through the experience of that, it seems to me that it gets better and better and better. Because I have a better relationship with God. A better relationship with the Spirit of God being activated in my life. And I can be better discerned to know what I need to do. And I'll tell you, for me, it's really just keeping my mindset right. Because once that thing gets off track, man, I'm telling you, you'll go 50 different directions and you won't know where you are anymore. So you've got to renew your mind to that word. It says, instead, let the Spirit renew, what? Your thoughts and your attitude. Some of y'all got attitude in here. Angry about stuff. Frustrated about stuff. Yeah. And where those negative thoughts and those negative attitudes are going to come from is you allowing what's out there to influence what's in here rather than working on what's in here to influence what's out there. There is no frustration in that. There is liberty in that. And it says, put on, praise the Lord, that jacket. Put on your new nature. Created, and I know this is going to really ruffle some feathers, but it's what the Bible says, not what Pastor Paul says. Created to be like God. Truly holy, you. Yeah, like, like you walking into the room uh, wherever you're going to go to buy that house, to get that job, to, to get that contract, whatever it is that you're going to walk in that room with, it's like, you know what? I'm like God. I am like God. Not because I, I feel like it, but I am renewing my mind, renewing my attitudes towards the idea that God is for me, not against me. He's not standing there with a, you know, a stick just ready to hit me every time I do something wrong. He loves me unconditionally, so much so that he shares his holiness with me. He shares his right standing with me. And if I could renew myself to those ideas about myself, because his idea about you is that. But my idea about myself, what I'm being, might fall well short of that. So I want to encourage you, put on that new nature. Put it on. You know, maybe some of you, uh, you know, when you get on up in the morning, maybe just putting your shoes on can be a physical representation of what I'm doing. What I'm doing. I am, I am going from this place where I am right now, and I'm going into this world, and I'm going to be an example of what a human being is here to do and be. You, you have that capacity on the inside of you. Romans 4, 16 through 18, it says, The promise received by faith. Received by faith. Listen, God has promised you everything. An abundant life. I mean healing. And I mean deliverance. And I mean the best life you could ever want to have. But at the end of the day, you've got to have faith to receive the promise. The promise is the standard. The promise is the all-you-can-eat uh, buffet, right? Like you could just go up there and just get three peas, you know, put them on your plate and walk away from that, that buffet. But I'm telling you, they've got everything up there. They got it all. And it's all covered by the same price. 
1995, man, you, you go up there, and I mean, you can go up there 10 times, 20 times. You can get all crab legs if that's what you want. I don't, they don't care. But the price has been paid for you already to come boldly to that place and say, I'd like to have this stuff. But if you don't have faith to receive it, it's just, it's a promise, but it's a promise that's going to go unfulfilled in your life. It says, it is given as a free gift, praise the Lord, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith. Faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. Man, this guy invented faith. Man, I, I can't wait to meet that guy in heaven, man. I'm, I'm going to just be like, man bro. Like, what's up? You invented faith, man. It says that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God. It didn't happen because God said it. It says right here, it says this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life, who creates new things out of nothing. It happened because he believed. And every one of you in this room, whatever you're going to believe, and some of the things that we believe we wouldn't wish on our worst enemies about ourselves, and you need to begin to become aware of what those things are. And I mean, push those things away from yourself and begin to adopt the nature in which God has created you to be in. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, ever been there before, beating your head up against the proverbial wall, even when it seems like nothing is going to change, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. So here we have a promise. Let's just tie that to the word of God, right? Anybody in here have a Bible? Praise the Lord, you have a Bible. That is a book of promises for your life. That if you just open that book and you say, okay, this is what I want in my life, and you begin to research what the Word of God has to say about it, whatever the Word says, that's the promise. It's the same promise that God gave to Abraham. He just said, hey, here's something specific that's going to happen. But what I'm telling you is, is there's many specifics in the Word of God that would pertain to every area of your life. But you have to take those promises as if God had said them, just like Abraham had to do. And he had to say, well, you know, gosh, I'm 90-some years old. My wife laughed at me about this. I actually slept with my handmaiden and had a baby with her. That didn't work out very good. Yeah, a whole bunch of bad stuff happened. If he wasn't careful, he would have allowed what's happening out here to influence what was happening in here, but instead he maintained his faith and belief in the promises of God. And I want to encourage every single one of you, begin to understand the word of God. Begin to understand the power of the word when you apply your faith to the finished works of Jesus Christ. Those promises that are yes and amen to those who believe and are called according to God's purpose. 
want to take a moment to make sure everybody in this room has a relationship with the Son of God. It is critical that you understand this. Scripture after Scripture was not pointing to 50 other different things to get what we're talking about here today. There's only one Savior. There's only one God. There is only one way that you're going to find your eternity, both in this life and in the life to come, and that is going to be found on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to say this prayer together. I want to encourage everybody to say this prayer. I want you to say it with all your heart. And we're going to give you this opportunity to, to confess over your life, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is the very first step towards, I mean, everything I'm talking about here today. Trust me, you want to be the host of the power of Jesus Christ in your life. Everybody bow your heads. We're going to say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. I just want you to slip your hand up. It's between you and God. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Such a beautiful, beautiful time of our service. You can put your hands down. Open your eyes. Y'all off tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. You gonna get a little R and R tomorrow? Well, I want to encourage you when you wake up tomorrow because you got nothing to do, nowhere to go. Get your little journal out. Begin to write out the intentions of your life, and begin to—I mean—go back to the Word of God and say, "This is what it says about that." You begin to pray and you begin to develop faith in your life. And I assure you, there is no chance of it not happening. It will become a reality in your life. Hey, if you need prayer, we're going to have our pastors and elders up here. We'll be happy to pray for you. Otherwise, go hang out in the courtyard. Remember, after second service, we're having a big, big party. So big barbecue. So uh, God bless you all. And we'll see you soon.